welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is from the Sword of the Spirit Bible Conference. This is the first evening service of Saturday the 20th of February 2010, entitled Fear. And the Bible reading is taken from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Here's Brother Brian Beaver. Well, I'll preach. I'll preach fast if you listen fast, all right? Take your Bible and open to 2 Timothy chapter number 1. I know some of you are going to be leaving here shortly, and what a delight it has been to be with you this weekend. I thank God for your presence, your participation, and uh, the kind words that you have spoken to this preacher. I truly thank God for you, and uh, the reason I come uh, is for the church, but primarily I, I really enjoy this weekend. I enjoy being around the young people. You keep me young, so I thank God for you. All right? And so um, I want you to look at 2 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 7. Paul tells Timothy, he says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. You ought, to, you ought to underline or circle that word fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power and of love and of a sound mind. I want to speak on the topic of fear today for just a few minutes. Um. Paul tells Timothy, he says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Now, understand that this word has different meanings, but here he says God hadn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Now, I talked this morning about balance. And for us to be all that God wants us to be, we have to have a balanced life. In other words, Preacher Leonard, if we had all love and no power, we'd let everybody run roughshod over us. But if we had all power and no love, we'd run roughshod over everybody else. you got to have both. you got to have both power and love, and it's literally put on the scale and balanced by a sound mind. So the Christian life, man, is about balance. It's about God giving us not only power, but love. And a lot of people don't believe that you can demonstrate that simultaneously sometimes. You ever been around somebody that feels like they've got to be always powerful, but if they, if they demonstrate power, they can't demonstrate love? Or if they demonstrate love, they can't have any power. Do you know that Jesus demonstrated both at the same time on the cross of Calvary? He defeated death and hell on the cross, but yet He cried out and says to every single one of you in here, I love you. The reason He did it was for you. Now, I know sometimes it's hard to wrap our minds around the death of someone 2,000 years ago being appropriated to our life here in the 21st century, but I'm here to tell you and announce to you that Jesus died for you. If you were the only person that ever walked the face of the earth, He died for you. And God says, I'm not, listen, I did not give you life and life more abundantly for you, Dino, to go through life with this spirit of fear and always worried about what's going to happen. I heard a story one time about a lady who had a fear, this innate fear that she was going to be, uh, her house was going to be broken into every single day of her life, every night. Well, she fell in love. She married this fine young man, and even they got married. And for 20 years, every night, she would come to him and say, did you lock the doors and did you lock the windows? Did you lock the doors and lock the windows? And he'd go, yes, I locked the doors and I locked the windows. 20 years every single night this went by. Well, one night after about 20 years, they woke up, sat straight up in the bed, 
She said, somebody's downstairs in the kitchen. He said, that's a figment of your imagination. He began to listen a little closer. And sure enough, there was something going on in the kitchen. He walked downstairs, went in Romani. There was a man who was putting all their fine china into a big sack, all the silverware, all their uh, precious items in the kitchen was stealing. He was robbing their kitchen. And he said, stop. And that burglar got ready to run out the room and he says, wait, don't go anywhere. He said, let me go get my wife. She's been waiting 20 years to meet you. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> aren't, we, aren't, aren't we amazing people to say that we have faith? Now listen, I know that there are some fears that we have that are healthy. You know there's some fears that you're born with. Matter of fact, there's two that you are born with. One of them is the fear of falling. You're born with that. You ever seen somebody that's sleeping? And they wake up out of a dream thinking they're falling. <laughs> you ever seen somebody? I've done that a few times. I did it on the plane a couple years ago. I nearly scared the guy beside of me to death, you know. I went, ah! And he went. I don't know why he moved about five minutes after that and found another empty seat. I don't know why he did that. But anyway. But you have a fear of falling. That you're born with that fear. You also have a fear of loud noises. If somebody come up behind you and went, ah, it's going to scare you, okay? We are born with those fears. You're born with those. But there are some fears that are just natural. It just comes to us. Listen to me, young people. Write this down. What pain is to the body, fear is to the soul. Let me say that again. What pain is to the body, fear is to the soul. How many of you would identify with me that we have a healthy respect. I call that's another word. That's kind of a politically correct way of saying we're afraid. Have a deep respect for heights. Can I get an amen right there? I don't think there's a person that would get in the London Eye. We was talking about today, wouldn't we, Leonard? Get on the London Eye and get up to the very top of that thing and go, wow, boy, this is fun. I'm going to tell you, I'm standing in the middle of that thing going, Lord Jesus, I know why you wrote your word. And lo, I am with you always. I think God wants us to be on the ground. If He meant for us to be that high, He gave us wings, all right? Some people think they do have wings. But anyway, but we have a, listen, we ought to have a natural fear of heights. I think it's a respect of heights. How many of you drive? Isn't it amazing? Listen, isn't it an amazing thing when you're driving down the road and you see a police car coming toward you that all of a sudden your foot begins to come off the accelerator? <laughs> Yeah. You know, and it's like you're, you know, best driver in the world. And then when you see him leave your rearview mirror, well, that's a fear. It's a healthy fear. Hey, listen, we all have fears that are we going to be able to pay next month's bills? We have a, a healthy fear that, you know, are we going to be able to provide for our help meet? Are we going to be able to provide for our wives, for our family? How am I going to take care of next week's or next month's tuition at uni? You know, you ever think about things like that, and sometimes you begin to be consumed with fear. Now, some fears are healthy, but listen, if you let that thing consume you, I, somebody asked me one time, when does it move past the, that into worry? I have said this many times. Worry, listen, worry is concern out of control. Worrying is concern out of control. I get concerned about many things, but if I let it consume me, it will lead to worry, and worry will lead to fear. 
You remember when the disciples were on that ship and it says that they got onto a ship and Jesus constrained them to get on that ship, Tim, and when they got about halfway over, they were in this tumultuous storm and the, began, the, the sea began to come aboard and the waves were smashing against it and they woke Jesus up. By the way, Jesus was asleep. You see how fearful he was of the storm. And they woke Jesus up out of a deep sleep and said, Master, do you not care that we perish? This thing's about to take us under. And he almost, I can almost see it, Panos, wiped the sleep out of his eyes. Get up, stretch. Now, the storm's still going on. Stretch. And before he even speaks to the storm, he looks at his disciples and he says this, Why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? Now, somebody's asked me one time, do you lock your doors at night at the house? Yeah. Well, then you must not have no faith. Well, baloney. I've got faith, but I'm going to lock my doors too. <laughs> you won't, listen, we don't be stupid about this thing. You know, there's something inside of you as a human being. Remember when you were a little kid and your mom would tell you, don't touch the stove, it'll burn you? And if you go up and touch that stove, something tells your motor skills in your mind, it says, take your hand away from that stupid, and you take your hand away from it. That's your mind. Listen to me. Every single one of you in this room are going to have some healthy fears, but if you don't control those things, and you don't ask God through His power and His strength to control it, it'll consume you. Now, he says God hadn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. All right, some of y'all going to struggle with the sound mind thing. I understand that, okay? You're welcome. Anyway, but I want you to turn over to 2 Corinthians and look at chapter number 7. 2 Corinthians chapter number 7. Look at verse number 1. Having therefore these promises, everything that he's spoken of to the church in Corinth, all the promises that we have through Jesus Christ. He says, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved... Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the, what? Fear of God. Now, I want to explain something tonight. The fear of God and the fear of man are not the same thing. Fearing God and fearing man could be no farther on the both ends of the spectrum than anything could be. You say, why do you say that? Because, folks, when you have a fear of God, now, the fear of God does not mean that you're afraid of Him. You're not scared like you're going to... Well, no, you have a reverence, a respect. I, let me tell you something. I love my dad, but I feared my dad. I feared my, my biological father because, you know what? I respected him in such a way I didn't want to hurt him. I didn't want to disgrace his name. And the fear of God is a whole lot different than the fear of man. See, when the fear of God is present in your life, when you have a reverence that you want to live for him, and you want to do everything you can to make sure that he is what? Glorified. We talked about that last night. To make sure he's glorified, you'll have a proper reverence and a respect that you don't want to hurt his name. You remember when David committed adultery with Bathsheba? And Nathan came to him and he said, he said, David, you're the man, you're the one that did this. And he said, David, because you've done it, you've given great occasion for the enemies of God to what? Blaspheme, to laugh. See, when we have a... 
The fear of God says it perfects, it perfects holiness in us, brother. It ought to perfect holiness in us. What's holiness? It, it didn't say holier than thou. It said holiness. You know what holiness is? Holiness is nothing more than you separating yourself and being somebody that's called out, separated from everybody. When the rest of the crowd's going that way, you're going that way. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm talking to somebody right here this evening, and I know it's 5 o'clock, and I know it's been a long day, but you're at a crossroads in your life. And what fear, what scares me, if I can use it reverently, what scares me to death as a preacher is to watch how many young people are castaways and casualties for the cause of Christ and don't do anything because they fear man more than they fear God. They fear what somebody thinks. They, they're so afraid of what somebody might say if we get out there and we sing like we did today. You know what? There's people that went by us, and I wish I kind of stood back, Pastor Leonard, and was an objective observer more than I usually went down the streets. I stood back, and I wanted to just kind of reflect upon what was going on. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if you all noticed this, Shelley, and most of you, that when the first time we went, when we went as a group in 2003, but things have radically changed from even 2003. Hatton Tyler, people are more opposed to it in there. I mean, they're literally mean about it now. They don't want to hear anything about God's love. But that shouldn't, Dino, stop us from telling them the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. And young people, some of you are in this room tonight and you're at a crossroads in your life and you're going to make your decisions based upon what somebody thinks instead of what supremely God thinks. If you have the fear of God, when you reverence Him, you're not... Listen, God is not some mean old man that's sitting in heaven with a big old ball bat and every time you get out of line, He's going to hit you over the head. That's not God. You've got a wrong view of who God is. God loves you. And when He chastens you, He's trying to turn you and correct you and to shape you into what you need to be, not what you want to be. I'll say it tomorrow and I'll say it tonight because some of you are leaving. God didn't make you for you. He made you for Him. He made you for Him. And Matt, when we have a, when we have a fear of God, a right fear of God, and we respect Him and we reverence Him because He is great. He's a great God, isn't He? Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And He, listen, He saved you by His grace. He called you into His marvelous light. He took you out of darkness and He wants you to walk in the light as He's in the light. But it's conditional. You have a choice. But when you have a proper fear of God, I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll produce liberty in your life. You'll be liberated. When you have a proper reverence of God and you know that you could pillow your head at night and you've done everything you can to please your Heavenly Father, you'll have a liberated spirit and you'll be able to pillow your head and sleep with the peace of God on your life. Because let me tell you something, young people. A clear conscience makes a very soft pillow. It'll not only do this, it'll not only give you liberty, but it'll give you unity. You know what I... I love to go to churches. I love That's why I like coming to this youth conference. That's why we like coming here. Because I sense a spirit of unity. A, a unified spirit. And let me tell you something. That doesn't mean uniformity. That doesn't mean everybody looks the same. 
Because Lord knows this church is a melting pot and this youth conference is a melting pot. We've got people here from Greece. We've got people here from Mars. And no, I'm just playing. we got people here from, we got, uh, yeah, Wales, amen. And, and, and listen, they're from everywhere. That's what I love about the body of Christ, don't you? Don't you love the body of Christ because we ain't all cookie cutters? It'll, you ever heard of cookie cutter Christianity? Well, you just take and you get the dough and you roll it out and you tick, 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 and everybody looks the same. That'd be boring, wouldn't it? If everybody's like me, it'd be really boring. It might be eventful, but it would it'd be boring. <laughs> listen, when the listen, when the proper fear of God is in your life, number one, you'll have liberty, number two, you'll have unity, but number three, you'll have urgency. You'll have urgency. You'll want to so please Him, it won't matter what anybody thinks. You know, that's what I think. I appreciate I watched Romani today. I watched Romani, man, and I, I'm not pulling you out and, and, and trying to put you on the spot. But, you know, I watched you lovingly and with the grace of God talk to somebody that was just, you could see it spewing out of their mouth, just bitterness and anger. And they, they, were, they were literally wanting to, you know, but you were there and you were trying to be loving. I watched Pastor Larry do the same thing. I watched many of you over the years go and talk to people that literally took the track and threw it down on the ground right in front of you. But it didn't stop you from doing it. When you so want to please your Heavenly Father, there'll be a sense of urgency that, you know what? There's a bridge out ahead and we got to stop people from plummeting off the bridge. That's what's happening to people's lives. People need to be saved. I'm not talking about getting religious. I've had it, and I'll say this among our young people, and you mark me down, and you can write it down tonight. I hate religion. I hate religion. You don't know why? Because religion has taken more people to hell than anything on the face of the earth. It, listen, we don't have religion. We have a relationship. I've got a relationship. I don't go to somebody else and pray and ask them to take my sins to God. I can go directly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Why? Because my heavenly Father sent His precious Son to be the advocate, to be the mediator between me and Him. I don't have to go to anybody else. I can go directly to God because He said I'm an heir and a joint heir to Jesus Christ. When you've got, listen, when you've got the proper fear and reverence and respect of God, you'll have liberty, you'll have urgency, and you'll have unity. But let me show you something. I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter number 29 and look at verse number 25. Proverbs 29 and verse 25, please. And I'll be done in just a second. Proverbs chapter number 29 and look at verse number 25. Solomon said this to his son, young people, look at it now. He said, the fear of man bringeth a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Now young people, let me give you just a few thoughts in the next five minutes because you need to go to your, your counseling, I mean your, your discussion time and I don't want to interfere in that. Just give you a few just a few thoughts. Number one, when you fear what man thinks, it's gonna, it says, It'll put your hands in a noose. It'll tie you up in a snare. The fear of man brings a snare. It literally means that it'll handcuff you and you'll be so in bondage because you're worried about what somebody else thinks. You should never, listen to me, Mike, you should never let, we all should never let what man thinks, the fear of man, affect our walk with God. I don't care where you're in school. I don't care whether you're at your workplace. You may even be in your church. 
and you're afraid of what somebody thinks in the pew sitting beside of you. It ought never, listen, the fear of man ought never affect your walk with God. You're a child of the King, a child of the King. With Jesus, your Savior, you're a child of the King. Don't let the fear of man affect your walk with God. But number two, don't let it affect your worship of God. Write that down. Don't let the fear of man affect not only your walk with God, but number two, your worship of God. You say, preacher, what do you mean? How many times have you been sitting in a service and you just felt like the Spirit of God was going to make your heart bust if you didn't raise your hand or say, hey, man, but then you're worried because you're looking out the corner of your eye. I wonder what Sister Sourpuss over here is going to say if I raise my hand and say, amen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Have you ever been in a service? And I listen, I know I've been here, I've been here long enough now, and I've preached in England long enough that I know that it's not going to be like a camp meeting in the United States of America. I just know that. All right? It's not going to be people. And listen, I don't care. I don't care how loud you shout on Sunday. It's how straight you walk on Monday. Okay? So I'm not about all this emotionalism, and though I am charismatic in my spirit, I'm not charismatic in my doctrine, okay? Let's just get that straight. I don't care how high you jump or how loud you shout, just as long as when you hit the ground you speak in English. That's all I really care about, but anyway. <laughs> or Greek, good Greek, I, whatever. But I'm just saying, you, listen, how many times have we been in services? I've seen it myself. I have been preaching and I have watched a young person or something, it looks like they're getting ready to like a volcano explode, but yet they're afraid of what that head deacon who's been in that position for 85 years, sitting on the front row, if he went and said, Amen, everybody would go, and look at him and stare darts through him. You know what? I believe God, Dino's had it up to by here with people quenching the Holy Spirit of God in a worship service. When you're singing, if you want to raise your hands and just sing to Him, because guess what? When we sing, we ain't singing to nobody in this service. We singing to Him. He's an audience of one. Why don't we just sing to Him like that? We are so scared to death of what somebody might think if we just say, Amen, or that's right, preacher, or you go ahead and shell the corn, all right? We just get so, we get so afraid of what somebody thinks. We should never let the fear of man affect, number one, our walk with God, number two, our worship of God, but number three, and I'm done, we should never let the fear of man affect our work for God. You know, that's one thing I'm so thankful for when we go down to city center is I watch. Young people, you got, let me go ahead and commend you. You got more zeal and passion in your pinky finger than about 90% of the young people in my country. And it's like when I was in Mexico, about seven and a half years ago, Panos, I was in Mexico and I went and I stood before a group of people who, listen, worship, worship service was this. We met in a room about one-fourth the size of this one with 85 people. There was one light hanging out of the ceiling on, a, on an extension cord. One bulb, 60-watt bulb, Tyler. Dirt floor, nothing but just a few chairs. The rest of the people sat on the floor, and we sang for 40 minutes before I ever got up to give the word. 40 minutes. And people just praising the Lord, they'd sing, you know, I've come into His presence to worship Him, you know, and I, I was just amazed. But I got up and then through an interpreter, I call him an interrupter, through an interrupter, I told the people, I said, I envy you. 
I envy you. And they looked at me kind of like y'all look at me most of the time. Said, I envy you. After I got done, he asked me what I meant. The pastor did. I said, Pastor, I envy you as a as a group of as a group of believers. He said, Why is that? He said, Because you know what? I said, I realize tonight that you precious people know you need God. Sometimes we sit in our padded pews and we got all the luxuries of this world and we don't think we need Him. We don't think we need Him. I don't know about you, but I found out I need Him. I'm in total agreement with what Jesus said. He said, for without me, you can do Don't let, Dino, don't let the fear of man affect your work for God. You do all you can for the glory of God. Don't you let nobody, what they say, make you fearful of what you want to do for Him because of what they think. Don't ever let that affect your work for God. Don't ever let it, young person, mom, dad. Some of you are going to be mamas and daddies before long if you ain't already. And don't you let what somebody else thinks affect your work for God. Young people, I'll finish with this. Back when I pastored my first church in 1997, about a year and a half into my ministry, I really felt like we need to start a bus route, a route, sorry, a bus route. I'm learning. And, and, and so we would take a bus around and we'd pick up kids that wouldn't normally come to church. Pastor Larry, I had my eldest, the eldest deacon on our board. He wasn't our head deacon, but he had been before, but he wasn't at this time. He came to me. And in, thank God he did it in private. He at least did that right. He came to me in private. And he said, Preacher, he said, I got a real problem. I said, What's that? He said, Well, you keep taking this bus around and bringing these kids into our church. And I'm saying it just like he said it. And he said, These kids are scraping up the walls and they're tearing up the chairs. And I said, We got a real problem in our churches today when we're more concerned about the walls and the chairs, and we are the people that's sitting in them. But this is what really crushed my heart. Pastor Leonard, he said, if you keep going around, and I want y'all to know my heart, I ain't like this, but there are people in the world that are. He said, if you keep picking up those black kids, and those Laotian kids from Laos, and those little Taiwanese kids, and you keep bringing them, he said, I'm going to take my money and my tithe and I'm going somewhere else. You know what I said? Bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Now, I didn't say it like that, but I told him this. I said, you looking at a preacher that ain't for sale. Now I said, my Bible tells me that God so loved the whole world. He didn't say go skin winning. He said go soul winning. And it don't matter the color of a person's skin. We are all one race, the human race. And Jesus died for everybody. And don't you let the fear of man corner you into doing something that God spoke to you and told you to do, and that's the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Now I'll tell you, before you leave this conference, I'm going to tell you what some of you are going to have the tendency to do. Now I want you to look at me. 
As I'm looking in the white of your eyes, you look in the red of mine because I ain't had no sleep. Some of you going to have the tendency to leave here and you really don't know if you died today, you'd go to heaven. You really don't have the assurance that you know Christ. But you're going to leave here because you, if you even made a decision, you'd be fearful of what somebody thought in this assembly. Can I tell you this from the bottom of my heart? I would rather know, I would rather God know I was saved than all of my friends think I was. Let me say it again. I would rather God know I was saved than all of my friends think I was. Now I want to ask you something tonight. Do you have a fear of God or do you have the fear of man? Because I'll tell you this, the Bible says perfect love casteth out fear. Perfect love casteth out fear. Where are you today? Do you have a proper respect for God and want to please your Heavenly Father? Or are you afraid of what somebody thinks of you, what somebody might say about you? If we do what we do, Pastor Leonard, for the approval of God, we need not fear the censure of the reproach of man. I didn't say that. Matthew Henry did. If we do what we do for the approval of Almighty God, we need not fear the reproach of man. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Nobody looking around. Before we go to discussion time, I want to ask one question. I wonder if you're in this room today and you'd say, Preacher, I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for me. God's spoken to my heart. And you know what? I've had some fears that have been healthy, but I've, al I've allowed them to almost consume me and take me to a place I don't need to go. Paul told Timothy, God ain't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. There's some of you in this room, though, you know what? You've, you've allowed what somebody thinks and what man would suppose scare you into doing something that you ought not do or not doing something you know God's told you to do. I wonder if you'd say, you know what, preacher, God spoke to my heart, and I want you to pray diligently that I would not fear man, but I would fear God. And you just raise your hand and put it up and then put it back down. Say, preacher, pray for me. Once you put it up, you can put it down. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Father, in Jesus' name, you see the hands that represent these hearts. Now, God, you know I love these young people, but Lord, my love pales in insignificance in light of your love. Lord, reveal to them how much you love them and that you do everything in their life for your glory and their good. Help us not to be fearful of man. It brings a snare and puts us in bondage. Lord, help us to have a reverence and a respect for our Heavenly Father, knowing we want to do all those things like Jesus said that please the Father. We'll love you and praise you for what you do because we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.